Do the trashy pulp novels of the world have anything to offer? Our bestseller is all they're cracked up to be. Here at Terrible Book Club, we explore whether you really can judge a book by its cover or its ridiculous synopsis. You ever passed a book and thought, ugh, who's reading this? We probably are. Episode 55 of the Terrible Book Club. I'm Paris, and this is Chris. Hello. So if this is your first time listening to the show, uh, just a quick review of what we do here is we read books that we assume will be bad. So this is the opposite of what most people do. Most people pick up books that they think will be good and read them as such. We read books we think will be bad. So we force ourselves to slog through these things. Uh, Sometimes we're, you know, pleasantly surprised. Uh, Most of the time, the books are just as terrible as we think they will be. And uh, I'm pretty sure that's what happened this time, Chris. Pretty sure. Yep. I'm, yep. I'm on that. Well, I mean. You know You know what? No. no, no, no. All right. That would have We'll leave it. We'll leave it for now. But uh, so this time we were subjected to a patron request. So one of our patrons called in their uh, our debt to them. This is Greg's choice. So thank you, Greg, for being a patron. We hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, Greg suggested we read The Adventures of Lord Iffy Boat Race. <laughs> by bruce dickinson the lead singer yeah. of iron maiden <laughs> yeah that one that that bruce also dickinson. i kind of want to produce it pr- produce <laughs> i no, no one should produce you this make the movie of it? Is that, no <laughs> no harris producing the 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 film adaptation this would not be a film this would be a this would be like a a, a skinamax thing maybe I, oh like god a, i hope this i know i was trying to say pronounce uh instead of produce so first of all <laughs> i do not want to produce this into anything uh, but I always wanted to say, instead of Lord Iffy Boat Race, I want to say Lord Iffy Boatress, like as though it's like a fancy I mean, name, because I think that's it, what it's supposed to a, be. He is a fancy boy, and this book is extremely British. Uh, yeah, so before we before we begin, uh, just some, there's a fuckload of content warnings, so all right. Oh, yeah. All right, so you have our, our typical barnyard Look, guys, language. it's basically a porno. It's basically a porno, <sighs> yeah. I was just gonna say. But, like, it's a porno, like, so, okay, so imagine porn, but then add, like, more sexist stereotypes than are even usually in porn, and also a bunch of racist stereotypes, and bad portrayals of trans people. We got all that in there. Oh, and murder. Uh, yeah, so imagine I, that, all those things. So if any of those yeah. things are, sound like a problem for you, please exit now. Uh, we don't want to make anyone listen to anything that makes them really uncomfortable. So uh, yeah, this episode is going to be raunchy as fuck. So get the hell out of here if you don't want to hear any, about any of that. There, there's no way it can't be, man. Yeah, uh, like, like it, oh man. And I... The, the level of penis mentions per page, PPP, actually. No, I, I don't um, even... Is very high. I was going to say, I don't even have a problem with that. It's honestly all the racist shit that makes me really uncomfortable on this. Like, the sex stuff is whatever because it's obviously meant to be kind of a shocking book, but the racist stuff really gets me. Anyway, um, so all that being said, let's uh, let's read the back of the book. So I'll, I'll go ahead and do that. So this is the the summary. When the ancestral fortune dries up, there's only one solution for Lord Iffy Botris, destitute transvestite Laird of Findanan, and his faithful butler, Butler. A wheeze to squeeze every last drop of cash out of those old school chums who'd done everything they could to forget him. Come in, Brian Taylor and your voluptuous, insatiable wife, yucky, yuppie, perfect couple Mark and Cynthia, bumbling beefcake bozo Roderick Mort de Arthur Tennyson, upper-class twits, the lot of them, ripe for the picking and drawn by the short and curlies to Findinan Hall. First of all, I barely understood the summary when I read it. <laughs> yeah, so, that's me like, as well. Like Chris said, this book is fucking british as fuck and like there's a, there's a lot of aggressively british it's yeah it, i there are a lot of I, terms I, it, that i didn't understand everything's a crumpo or like a bomb diddly or <laughs> a, like a wheeze to squeeze yeah, yeah, like, what? What is it? 
also the i mean the use of the word transvestite in the summary is like in itself uh, you know dates this book um i know that some it's people for, are it's okay from 1990 so oh yeah that's true um i i know some people are okay with identifying as that but like typically that is kind of a slur right that's like not an okay thing to say you for most people i think it, yeah yeah in general yes yeah i think like i said i know some some people are are cool with that like i think uh any, anyway we don't need to really get into that but um yeah you know probably not the best word to include in your summary but it was 1990 or whatever um also what is a laird is that just lord but spelled weird uh, i think so i actually meant to look that up and forgot so hey uh anyone out there who knows anything about scottish nobles uh the fuck is laird is it lord i assumed it was lord as well but um anyway so yeah the, ba- the we can talk about just the basic plot so we've got uh, Lord Iffy, who is this uh, kind of washed up nobleman, like he's from a super wealthy family. He has this big mansion, but he's run out of money because he's lived his life to excess. So he is um, he has a bunch of cars and fancy clothes. He really likes high heels and uh, fancy pantyhose and things like that. So he's kind of run through his fortune Um the rest of his family is all gone. Like his parents are dead. He doesn't have any distant relatives. Uh, he has a brother that like disappeared or something. And it's mostly just him and his butler. And he decides that the best way to generate income is to trick his shitty school friends from fancy, fancy pants high school to were they friends uh no i think they just all went to school together right uh yeah, it doesn't really mention anything no. about them like Mm-mm. knowing each other that much beforehand right anything. which I... which made it even weirder right so this is like so he sends these invitations out to people he thinks are like dumb enough to fall for this scheme where and the scheme is really dumb it's like uh, I don't even he, know what the scheme is. Okay, so the scheme is that he wants to trick these stupid friends of his into shooting grouse on his estate, like paying to go and shoot animals in his estate, which I guess is a thing. But the trick is that the grouse are mechanical, and so they never really die. So the plan is to like keep tricking them into shooting the same grouse over and over again it's not a great plan and that's the whole point like this whole book is well, written y- to be stupid right to be silly um and so that's the whole thing i guess right is to just trick them into and to tell all their friends like oh we had such great grouse hunting and i guess the idea is they're gonna make money because they're not gonna have to replenish the grouse but like are you ever really replenishing animals to murder? Aren't you just like going in the woods and murdering also, those animals? Like I, he didn't. I don't know. He didn't take any money from them when they first showed up. He presented it as like yeah. a dinner party invite, and then pulled out the whole grouse hunting thing at the dinner party. Yeah, it wasn't and I, like on the invitation, right? And I think, and I think the whole point here is that he's also incredibly dumb and forgets to tie up all these loose ends because he's always kind of changing his mind about how he feels about things. Um. And so they invite these three dudes and their respective partners to come to the estate for this, you know, grand affair or whatever. And they all come and there's a bunch of hijinks and um, eventually some people end up dead. uh, And I don't know, like right at the end, there's this real tacked on thing where they're like oh by the way there's treasure under the house and his brother who we thought was gone is actually here and haha he's tricked everyone and stole the treasure and you're just like where did that come from also (laughs) why did the brother have to trick anyone and get involved he didn't yeah i mean so that's kind of the whole book is basically an excuse to put three porno couples together in the same book and like weird shit happens between them and then also the butler's weird and he's got a weird fuck machine in the basement yeah there's i mean the whole so the whole book is extremely over the top in every way everyone is a stereotype anyone who is racist is extreme is like so obviously racist they say they they say racial like epithets and um i mean like i think on page three lord iffy goes into this weird screed against um asian people and says some very offensive things that i don't feel i need to repeat um oh yeah that's and that's quickly also, and then you know like maybe on page 15 or 20 um one of the women in the book 
is lusting after a um a, a black rastafarian man on the train um and that gets really sh- i mean that whole thing made me feel just awful i was like i don't want to read this this is horrible like <laughs> I, yeah, I just felt it you. just felt so gross. Like I, ugh, ugh. It's, I don't think the book is supposed to make you feel clean at all. It's definitely no. a dirty book. It's supposed yeah. to be like, and and I guess like, can, oh, sorry, what were you saying? I was gonna say that like, let's just get this out of the way here. Bruce Dickinson is mad horny, I guess. Yeah, I was really surprised. Of this. I was surprised by how fucking raunchy this was. Like, I knew, you know. I mean, because our our patron, Greg, who actually lent us his original copy of the book. So we have a legit like 1990 first pressing of this nonsense. Um, You know, he was like, oh, yeah, I because I guess when he bought it, he was a kid and, you know, just loved Iron Maiden and was like, oh, Bruce Dickinson wrote a book. And I feel like that's the reaction a lot of people would have. Like, oh, man, Bruce Dickinson, this man who writes these, you know, really decent lyrics and stuff. Like, can, yeah, book, can we take you know? like a quick aside, just for a second, a quick aside to say Bruce Dickinson, true renaissance man. Like, oh, totally, he's good yeah. at a lot of stuff. He's good at singing in Iron Maiden. He's apparently a really good plane pilot as i guess airline pilot yeah he has like has his own beer that he made he's a radio presenter and documentary presenter a competitive fencer i don't know how good his films are but he made some of those oh i'm sure we're gonna find out on the patreon chris won't we yeah 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 but like (laughs) so he's not like a bad artist or like bad at stuff that he does so it's kind of not unreasonable to go like hey maybe he's okay at writing a parody satire and you know what and you know what's interesting about this book is that i think it's terrible but the writing itself was actually good in a lot of ways like i I guess it's hard to explain i can um i I mean chris you're the one who has the book unfortunately i didn't um i didn't take any pictures of it or anything but you know the way sentences are constructed pretty good some of his descriptions pretty good like i I feel like his there's funny parts. Yeah, and I, and I think that I think that he his writing has so much potential, but it was like fucking wasted on this horse shit. Like I don't I don't know why this is the choice he made. Right? Like that's my question for Bruce. Is you know you're he's this horny? I, I don't right? know, man. Like, like <laughs> well, and this book was written on the uh, the somewhere on tour tour, which you know coincided with the somewhere in time album. Uh, if no one knows anything about Iron Maiden. They're obviously like a very prolific, uh, long-standing heavy metal band, and you know, like Chris was saying, Bruce Dickinson is a pilot. He actually flies um, the plane that the band like tours on and travels on. So he is Ed the pilot. Force one, Ed Force called. One, yeah. And Eddie is their mascot. He's like this um, this monstrous creature that an artist created for them. And he's just been kind of the mascot for the band forever. And when they perform live, Eddie will appear as like this, sometimes as like this giant animatronic thing or like a person in a giant costume. So anyway, that's the Ed force one thing. And that's also why there's a character named Eddie in here who is described in very freakish ways. Cause he's supposed to be a, I don't know. He's supposed, he's to, supposed be to be Eddie. A, yeah, it's literally just Eddie. an Eddie cameo, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. It was dumb. Um, so, yeah, this book was written across various hotel rooms while he was on the <laughs> somewhere a, on tour. He makes a mention tour. in the acknowledgments of, like, asking for hotel stationery from a bunch of hotels, which is, like, a real moochra-ass way to write a novel, like, outsourcing <laughs> like, the paper Iron, costs. Yeah, like, Iron Maiden is such a successful band, and even in 87, they were already incredibly successful and wealthy. So, yeah, it seems, it seems extra shitty to be like, oh, uh, I need to borrow some paper to write this book. Uh, but... You like the part about the girl with huge tits? Because yeah. believe me, that's all it, he writes about. Yeah, it's 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 like I said, it's very over the top, and I know that that was sort of the point. But my whole my whole question here is like, this humor isn't it doesn't work. Like, there's something in, it veers into total cringe territory rather than funny, and I I mean, and some of it is is due to the fact that you've got a you know straight white dude writing about these things that he doesn't have perspective on like you know like how jamaican people talk which was a horrible passage to read you know he yeah that was not a cool accent to throw in there yeah and and i don't know i don't want to say that writers can't um write things realistically of course you know we want books to be realistic and this is also a comedy 
But at some point, you know, you have to stop yourself and say, like, okay, what's a reasonable way to present this where people will understand that this man has a Jamaican accent, but I don't have to write his speech in an inherently racist way, right? Like, you have to make that decision. And I feel like every time he had to make that decision about something, he made the wrong one. Um, you know, even even when it comes to women, like the the female characters, I mean, the the male and female characters are all horrible. Um, although I do feel like the female characters kind of get... Uh, I feel like they're kind of the you butt of, more say of the they, jokes. They don't get the short end of the stick for oh, sure because they me. definitely get the long end of many sticks because every <sighs> female in this book has a thirst for dick that is unrelenting. Oh yeah, unrelenting. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the characters, Margot, she is, um, I guess, I, and I'm, I'm just going to say this because people are going to understand what I mean when I say it and... I'm not going to say that I endorse this stereotype or have anything else to say about it. But, you know, when people talk about feminazis, well, that's what Margot is supposed to be. She's like yeah. this overbearing, uh, absurdist feminist, you know, to the point where like no, no real person is like this. Right. Where she's she's like uh She's browbeating of her husband, yeah. super controlling, supposedly unattractive to like an extreme level. Uh, basically always having something to complain about or whine about or, you know, browbeat others with. Yeah, she's telling all the characters, oh, this is sexist or this, you're racist, this is sexist, and, like, physically hurting them when they do something that she doesn't agree with. Uh, And, yeah, she she has this crazy um, dildo vibrator contraption, and she basically tells her husband, like, you go over there, I need five minutes with my machine, and she just, like, like... I don't know, like brute forces her way through an orgasm in five minutes on this thing. And that's just like taken as that's just what she does because she's a real woman and she needs it now or something like I, I don't know. But she also tells him don't oh. jerk off so I could get the full load later, which is oh. like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. So like even like the hyper feminist to the extreme character just needs a good dicking every e- once in a while. Right. And and honestly, is like that's kind of a i don't know i felt like that i was like yeah okay i get you're making the joke that you know being really feminist is i don't know i i have problems with all of the things is it, in this you, book. I, you can't even really just apply it to her because that's every female lady in the book that's all yeah, of them all yeah. three of them like they're, even they're, even they're, the dumb tit like huge titty one is also like that she just leticia always, paris please Le- leticia Letitia or Lucrezia? Is her name Lucrezia or Letitia? I no, can't even it, remember. It's it's, it's Letitia, as an L A E T I T I A. I mean, that's just how you spell the name Letitia, Chris. Oh, I thought. Well, <laughs> he didn't just put it into a word. <laughs> I mean, it's a good theory. But that's that's why theory. you choose that name. Uh, maybe. Um, that's one hundred percent why you choose that name. Right, but the characters are unrealistic in other ways. Instead, in in addition to being incredibly sexual, overly sexual, overly racist, uh, one of the characters she like no one talks like a person. Like she's at the train station. I think this was Cynthia. I don't remember. And she asks someone, "Where does one go pee pee's?" <laughs> Oh yeah, and she's yeah. an adult woman. I assume in her thirties or forties. I'm not totally sure, but she's an adult woman, and I thought that was like a really strange choice. I didn't understand why that was the way that she spoke. Um, and yeah, my whole my whole problem with this entire thing is like Bruce isn't doing anything with these caricatures, right? He's just putting them out there and pointing at them and saying, "Oh." aren't these ridiculous and it's like yeah but yeah and like there's no there's nothing after that you know and this is this is a similar problem we had in um uh i think he's just trying to write absurdist erotica that's what this is right he's just trying to write like absurdist jerk off material but no this isn't meant to jerk off to no one is sitting here jerking off to this i hope I think that's what it's supposed to be. No, I don't think that this is supposed to be jerk-off material. This is supposed to be a co- like a farce, a comedy. This is not supposed to be something that you actually get off to. Chris, do you have something I, to tell us? No, <laughs> well, I, okay. <laughs> Listen, in, in my opinion, in my opinion, like, if you're trying to write a, basically a porno, your character should be super over-the-top and ridiculous. Because the whole situation is usually, like, if you try to, like, uh, 
produce something like that that's not just you actually filming two people being intimate on their own without any setup or anything. If you're trying to introduce plot into it, it should be kind of absurdist. All right, right? so you're saying so, so you're saying it's either going to be amateur or absurdist. That's what that's what it we're be now, amateur. Like, well, it, that's I, what you're saying, right? Like real I, people. Do we having... really have to get into my like porno opinions? Yeah, well, that. yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is the episode for it, Chris. Like, I'm sorry, I suppose but, you're right. I suppose uh, you're right. Yeah, but like it, it's because. It if you're trying to introduce plot to porn and everyone's fucking all the time, of course they're going to be hypersexual. So maybe they should be these absurdist hypersexual characters that are insatiable and have all the energy and everything. I, I haven't like, really thought this through all the way. All right, I can't yeah. see my brains turned on all the time. When uh, I'm <laughs> well, so my 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 case for why I don't think this is a. Um, this is like a, a jerk off pamphlet or whatever. Like, I don't think this is intended to actually be erotica, is because why would he go to such lengths to make the characters so terrible and so racist and horrible and classist? Like who wants to jerk off to that? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure somebody does, but it doesn't seem like it makes a whole lot of sense. Right. Just do, should you make characters relatable in porn and erotica? I think yes. Right. Because you want to, you either want to fuck them or you want to watch those people fucking. You don't want to watch horrible assholes fucking right. Like you don't want to, but if they, but if they they have ridiculous, but what if you're coming to the porn for like the ridiculous anatomy, like let's say huge inflating tits or a 15 inch dick? That's to- like the sensational aspect there. I think is what was pushing me towards that opinion. I don't know. I I just don't think that. I don't know. I don't know. But then again, the cesspool of of porn and and the the vastness of what human beings are into sexually is incomprehensible to me. So perhaps this is just something I don't understand. But it doesn't seem to me like the context if, around like porn actors doesn't really matter so much as what they look like. And you would be set, like the point of this thing, in my opinion, again, which could not necessarily be exactly why Bruce wrote this is you have those absurd hypersexual characters with their absurd hyper anatomy. That's kind of, it's probably going to turn some people on here or there. But like, so I guess I have a larger question that reaches out from this book. Much like the 15-inch penis within its pages uh, reaching out at us. We'll get to that a little bit in a minute. Oh, God. But why do you think porn should be so unrealistic? I feel like I I am am the opposite. I'm not saying all of it. I am the opposite. I'm I'm of the opposite opinion because I think that when porn has these unrealistic standards, like dudes with 15-inch dicks and women with like size m tits or whatever that it creates these really unrealistic um benchmarks that people then start to look for in their dating life and their partners and that's why we have a lot of of, that's one of the reasons that we have a lot of problems we do with you know you're uh, right about that but i wasn't saying that the act i'm saying if you're putting plot into your pornos that's what should be absurd not the dimensions of the players or anything. And you don't even have to put that into your portos. A nice, well-shot, you know, scene of two people being intimate. It can stand on its own just fine with some good camera work and stuff like that. But if you're putting the plot into it, I, I'm i not going to sit through, like, 15 to 20 minutes of serious plot to get to the fucking. Oh, so you no, might as well make that. it ridiculous. No way. Yeah, no. You no might one's... as well make it silly. No, dude. Like, anybody sitting there, anybody sitting through more than a... F- I don't even know. A few minutes of plot seems like pointless to me. Um, it should, yeah, it should be like a minute and absolutely <laughs> stupid if you're gonna go that direction. Well, then that just fuels my theory further that this is not erotica because this shit goes on for way too long. Um, but they're fucking like every 15 pages. Yeah, but it's not sexy, dude. Like none of this, all of this made me uncomfortable. Every aspect. Oh, of it, this. yeah, it's very uncomfortable. I'm just <laughs> look. I'm not saying I enjoyed this as a porn okay. jerk off. I'm saying that I see why someone else would. I, I don't, but all right. We should probably move on. We've been arguing about this yeah. for a few minutes. <laughs> Stay tuned for our porn opinions. Oh, boy. No, just kidding. Cool. We're not We're not doing that. We're not telling you. No, no that's awful. Right. No one should know those but things. I guess we should get into some of the ridiculous sex scenes that happen here. You already mentioned Margot and her crazy dildo machine, but that's not the only crazy dildo machine. Well, that becomes part of the crazy, the big crazy dildo machine. 
yeah he okay so at at some point more after margo has used the machine there's like a separate dildo portion that was separated from it and butler comes in possession of it and he could use it to finally complete his work of genius that he was actually trying to bring up to Lord Iffy at the start of the book is like a cool investment that he might want to make, or like a yeah, market he might yeah, want to get the, into. Lord Iffy was too invested in his own idea because that's just how he is because he's a shithead. And the butler was like, no, but I made this amazing fuck machine. And the of Lord Iffy's like, oh, but the grouse shooting. And the butler's like, no, yeah. people like sex way more than grouse shooting. But, you know, <laughs> he just fades into the background because Lord Iffy is a, you know... Uh, anyway, dude's got ass. he's he's work he's been working on this machine in the basement for I don't know how long, even though he hasn't been paid in four months because Lord Ify doesn't have any money anyway. But somehow he has the resources to get like a full engine thing going with like a small computer embedded, like a '90s computer that can like read angles of insertion and like propel itself in in certain directions yeah, based on what I was, it detects. I was going to say this Butler has some pretty sick engineering knowledge to have put this fuck machine together. But um, oh, but out of with all that, he didn't have the part to actually fuck with. Yeah, I he didn't we, have the dildo yet. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so, so yeah, there's like the main plot of Lord Iffy trying to trick these rich people, these other rich people that he didn't really like that he went to school with into shooting grouse and paying for it or whatever. And then the butler is making the sex machine and the butler is actually really hateful and, um, is, is one of the only people that's like, wow, all these people suck shit. Like all these people are terrible. Yeah. The butler is not great either, but yeah sort of but like he's also terrible um because i feel like not telling people that they're being fucked by a machine by a machine is like borderline rape right because they think they're either oh, getting there's fucked so by the much bu- sexual assault oh, yeah that goes on this and, well yeah and and all the sexual assault is like a haha joke which is another thing that i didn't like about this book that i thought was kind of shitty and i know that I mean, I know better than many of I would say, I would say I understand that sometimes the only way you can get through things is humor. I am somebody who employs that all the time in my life. Like, I feel like that's just how you get over stuff for some people. But um, I don't think that Bruce was working through anything. I feel like he's just like, oh, ha ha. Isn't this prison rape scene fun? Oh, ha ha. Isn't it so funny that this lady got fucked by a machine instead of the dude she thought she was fucking? And it's like, I don't know, that's not really funny to me. Like, making fun of prison rape and also um, rape by, uh, what is that called? Um, When, it's almost like if somebody's a twin and they they pretend to be the other one and they have sex with you, it's like, uh, I can't remember, but it's... I don't, um, I didn't realize there was a specific term for that. Like, rape by misidentity or whatever. Um, You know, like, you you basically trick someone into thinking you're someone else. The way it's presented, because this happens to Letitia like once and also Cynthia a couple of times, but they're both like down with it, even though they figure out later after the fact that it wasn't the person they thought it was because they're just such hyper sluts all the time that <sighs> yeah. it doesn't really matter. Right. But I, I don't know. I I think the, the prison rape scene definitely made me the most uncomfortable where the butler has a flashback and you find out that he was raped in prison by this cellmate or whatever. And it was like really gross. Also, a lot that of also happens was- with Roderick. Like later on, he was like, there's like a quick flashback to a scene of sexual abuse before he fucking dies. Oh, right. And it's right. just kind of played off as like, Oh, this weird thing that happened to him that made him a weird guy. Yeah. And that's why he's married to a feminist. Like what? Yeah. And I, I just really don't like how we're conflating people who are open sexually with sexual assault and like, consent isn't even a thing the consent is just thrown out the window and and run over by a train like there's like like this i i really don't like that uh that is something that bothered me about this book a lot and honestly reading this makes me think a bit less of bruce dickinson which is oh bruce dickinson yeah. is never going to be the same for no, me ever no. again and i mean i'm not i'm not like a crazy maiden fan but i know a lot of people who are like uh actually our patron greg who uh chose this book for us to read and um like all I'm the other dudes in my fan. yeah all like, the other dudes that, in my that, band are and i just feel like this reading this makes me feel just very weird i mean it's like I, in, 
for a second here, I want to make an aside that I was reading, starting to read this in front of my girlfriend, and I, I was like, oh, yeah, Bruce Dickinson wrote this. And she's like, who's Bruce Dickinson? So I got to introduce her to Iron Maiden for the first time. Oh, really? And she kind of, yeah, she was like kind of into Number of the Beast. <laughs> she was like, wow, you went right to Number that. of the Beast? Jeez. All right. Yeah, um, I, I then I showed her Aces High, and she was like, this is corny as fuck, actually. Oh, that's fine. But she, she liked the other one, so I, I tried to explain to her who Bruce Dickinson was, like, all the weird shit he's been up to and Ed does all the time. Yeah, like, so I feel like right now, as a result of this book, I have a Bruce Dickinson on my left shoulder and a Bruce Dickinson on my right shoulder. And on the left <laughs> shoulder, he has the, he's, like, the Bruce Dickinson who wrote this book. But on the right shoulder, he's a Bruce Dickinson flying sea turtles to safety. Like, I yeah. I can't can't deal with this this duality of Bruce Dickinson. To be it's fair, I mean, despite the fact that I guess he's horny as fuck, it doesn't seem like he's a sex pest or anything like that, aside from writing stuff like this, which I guess he thinks is funny. Well, that's my problem, right? That he thinks that these racist, sexist caricatures and rape are funny. Like, all of that is disturbing to me that he didn't have the presence of mind to be a bit more nuanced about it. Like, I get he's writing a humorous book. I don't know. And we we also should talk about how, like, the 90s itself was just full of people trying to outshock each other, especially in terms of music and media. You know, we have the rise of David Lynch, Marilyn Manson, um... Uh, what's that radio fucker? Um, what's his name? Howard Stern. Howard Stern. Thank you. Um, you know, this was kind of <laughs> that radio fucker, which is going to be the name. <laughs> that's, that's his new podcast. If you're on Sirius I just, XM, I really that just... radio fucker with Howard Stern. I, well, I think I'm biased because my only exposure to Howard Stern was as a very small child seeing his show. Like you know, because they they would record video of of the radio recordings right and i just remember seeing a part of the show and it i was like i don't like this like i was a child and for first of all never should have seen anything like that but even as a little kid i was like i'm not i'm not into this this is very disturbing i was, to I me. was super i was super into the howard stern show for like three years what? i was like 13 are you fucking serious yeah i would listen to it like most oh, mornings no oh oh <laughs> Wow. All right. We're going to have to do like a, a episode 55B just to get through. Look, like- man, look, <laughs> that shit. You, you know what this stuff appeals to the most? Teenage boys. Yeah. That's basically what this is aimed for and what Howard Stern show probably appeals to the most. I was an Opie Anthony fan for like a year before I realized exactly what I was listening to. Oh, boy. Yeah. Is that what is Opie Anthony? Was that were they like Boston they're also, guys? That did no, the same I mean, thing? no, they were they were more New York and they're always oh. pulling heinous shit with homeless people, essentially. And, oh. and, like, super republican obviously and they it, it it wasn't a good show and i was ashamed of my fandom after <laughs> i like i really realized what i was listening to and what i was sort of laughing at hey man we all we all have shame in our past as long as we move past it and no longer endorse those things we're good so maybe, yeah maybe yeah. bruce dickinson put this behind him or something but like i as, hope so uh, I mean, I have I have other issues with the book in general. Like, there are a lot of characters for such a short book. Somehow there are filler scenes, despite this being so short. Specifically, the numerous sex scenes and the train station taxi sequence just felt like a waste of 15 or 20 pages in a 150-page or 125-page book. I forget. Um, that was just to put Eddie in there, because there's a guy who's Master of Disguise... Okay, so let's just do the reveal here, Paris, right? Because what's the because it throws I mean, this already, whole character I, into yeah, question. I already mentioned it anyway, but yeah, go ahead. Okay, so it, Lord Iffy is helped to like the way he gets these mechanical grouses is that he knows this guy that is oh, his like a neighbor, the spy. neighborhood pedophile. Yeah, who yeah, he's ooh. like, oh, you're a master spy slash engineer slash of disguise. He disguises himself as like a piece of pudding at one point. Or something oh, man. like he I makes the pudding jiggle and talk that way. Uh, anyway, I don't, I don't. I think that was just us not understanding Britishisms. I don't. <laughs> I, <laughs> no, I think he's not sure. I don't think a man. He disguised into himself as pudding and like what? made the pudding jiggle and like perform ventriloquism. Dude, I iffy. Uh, Chris, did the weed that you smoke like have something extra in it? Because I don't remember this happening. That hundred percent happened, Paris. Oh my god! Don't even okay, tell me that a, didn't happen. A, a, that definitely fucking happened. Okay, apparently there was ventriloquist pudding and I slept through it or something. You anyway. did. Uh, okay. No, I, 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 I could have. 
anyway, <laughs> anyway, this guy can make all the grouse for Iffy, and like once Iffy puts him on contract, he does so, and then he goes around disguising himself as various side characters to appear in this, like Eddie, who's driving the taxi cab, which is originally there's only one taxi cab in town owned by a guy that was a descendant of a Spaniard that was like he was like the progenitor of all people in that area. Yeah, because when his Spanish ship crashed, he let the strong Scots women who killed the rest of his crew run a train on him, and they let let him live as a result, which was also just a horrible, like, take of colonialism that I didn't even want to touch. He told them about where half of the treasure on his galleon was, and the other half he buried under Findinan Hall, or it was built on top of that for a while. Anyway, this guy... The guy that is in the Eddie disguise, the pedophile next door or whatever, he turns out to be Iffy's brother in disguise Alfonso. who was coming to yeah. yeah to claim that treasure because he knew where it was buried after getting the information on where it was buried. So, but why does he bother to like help Iffy with this elaborate ploy when in the end he just pulls a gun on Iffy and says, "Here, you're going to get burned alive in this taxi cab now." I'm going to dig up the treasure and be done with it. Yeah, like, couldn't he have just walked into the kitchen, dug up the treasure, and left? Like, it's only if he and the butler in the house. He only has to avoid two people. He could have just done that instead, yeah, instead of getting involved in all of this. But he was waiting for Iffy to come over and uh, ask him to make the grouse. Also, how are you disguised as a pedophile? Well, Why you is see, that the he you- keeps small boys from the town imprisoned in his home as servants and sex slaves and it's very explicit about that and i was like oh damn that's fucked and that's like right so he actually so he he is one yeah i assume regardless of the identity that he's in but like that but so how long was he waiting next door for Iffy to come over and be like hey make me 50 mechanical grouse oh well i think i think the concept is that he probably killed the original command the original like military pedophile guy that lived next door right and just assumed his identity that's what I assumed, but it's not stated. Sure, but there's way. no like, like there's like no reason that you would lean towards that aside from he's just always been in that disguise. Right. I, I'm just saying it, it makes somewhat more sense that way, but this book doesn't isn't supposed to make sense, right? Um, yeah. So th- yeah, the inclusion of Alfonso seems unnecessary. I don't I don't understand why it was part it, of the story. Yeah. I mean the. You could have just ended the story with, like, everyone dying and Lord Iffy just throwing his hands up and be like, well, that didn't work. Yeah, and, and that, that would have been funny <laughs> and fine. And, and I mean, because there's plenty of things that happen. Like, the fuck machine gets loose, basically, and ends up just, I don't know, he puts some crazy batteries in it and it just ends up... Uh, it it ends up continually fucking because it, it ends up getting, like, pond water siphoned into its it, balls it doesn't it, it the computer programming <laughs> of the horrible fuck machine, to talk about oh. the, the okay the, oh, paris the programming of the fuck machine the pelvotron the pelvotron actually, correct yes is such that it will continue to fuck until it has come and if there's nothing in the balls to come out it will continue to fuck correct somewhat something happens cynthia is up at night and she needs the dick really bad but she can't get it from her 15 inch penis husband because she doesn't like him for some reason and so she just eats instead of fucking was that like what i was supposed to understand so butler had like he made like he had to make a huge dinner for the guests so he made like a 40 pound turkey but he finds cynthia in like with like the turkey carcass around her head after she ate it from the inside, I guess, or something? Yeah, she's... yeah, And then she's, like, demanding that the butler have sex with her, but then he lets loose the Pelvotron instead to as, like, a test scenario to truly test it out. But then it goes insane because he can't control it, and it carries her off continually being fucked. And then it, like, lands in a, a river or swampy area. Yep, And it keeps having sex with her, or it, like... Actually, it... Pistons her off after it has swamp water pumped into the balls to make the cum happen. You see. <sighs> what, a, the, what am I talking about? Paris? Yeah, this is what. So what? this poor woman gets tricked into having sex with a machine and then gets pond water secreted into her by said machine. And she also is stuck inside of a giant turkey carcass. And is assumed to be dead for mm. like the rest of the book. Right. 
Um, and there are other like hilarious and rid- well, I would say hilarious with you know air quotes there and ridiculous deaths. Like some guy gets beaten to death with huge tits. Um, there's like an improvised explosive. I guess that's not. I don't know. Wait, who gets ass fucked to death by a 15 inch dick? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. At the very end, the, yep. the big boobed character and the big dicked character finally get together because it was inevitable, I suppose. <sighs> yeah. And like I forget exactly what the mechanism is, but the way it read to me is that he put it all up her butt and then she died from it. Right? Like uh, no, yeah, it's like I mean it's it's an impossibly long penis that no one I mean I assume few if can any we also people talk- <laughs> could could uh, accommodate, you know, in an orifice and so she dies because of it. And there's so, more womb we- fucking in this book. There's specifically womb fucking in this book. God damn it. Even in this like farcical like I can't it's escape not it. Nice. Can't escape it. Um, but like the one thing I want to say is that Bruce specifically mentions his 15 inches a couple of times, but then it's also described as popping out of this guy's shirt collar or something. And like flopping and everywhere, lo- like yarn, like like just like <laughs> waving <laughs> in the wind. And yeah, you make a really a really good anatomical That's point. a short torso, dude, yeah. right? Like 15 inches isn't that big? Or is it like it's only 15 inches soft? Is that I, oh, I don't think maybe what- uh, uh I don't know um but it's it's absurd I don't know there there's like some other minor points like the butler um also because he's lost the turkey to Cynthia's ravenous lust for to be filled either with food or dick um <laughs> he decides that he's going to pretend that rabbit poop is vegetarian meatballs because and vegetarian food's shit. Don't yeah, you get it, Paris? Yeah, which I also was like, I'm a vegetarian, so maybe I was a little sensitive. It, <laughs> it, was, just, like, it was like, it just, shut it, up! And it, I also, also, as a funny note, I have vegetarian meatballs in my freezer from Ikea right now, and I started to think like, oh no. <laughs> it's just rabbit shit. Turns no, out, Paris, yeah, they, turns, they fucking got, okay, you got you. Anyway, got quick note, this scene just made me think of like some weird fucked up version of steamed hams from The Simpsons, where Skinner is trying to present rabbit shit as meatballs to, to Superintendent Chalmers instead. <laughs> oh, vegetarian meatballs at this time of year? <laughs> this part of the country? Uh, yeah. I, Grouse hunting at this time of yeah, year. Yeah. At this time of day. Locally, it's entirely within the Scottish Highlands. Yes. 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 Uh, yeah, so that whole thing. Yeah, there's just a lot of like specifically oh haha let's see if we can gross you out and it's like okay fine it's gross but i don't really care that much um what else i'm trying to think of anything else that we may have missed but i feel like we kind of hit on everything in this it's a pretty short book like i'm trying to like some of the other sex scenes like the time oh boy when it i guess the Alfonso, the brother in disguise, still pretended to be the disguised guy who was disguised as the 23rd Lord of the estate, who was, like, stuffed and taxidermied, but I guess he got in there. Yeah, he got into his taxidermied skin. (laughs) Or whatever. And so Laetitia is, like, begging the butler to do her over a balcony, because, once again, hyper-slut. So the the disguised brother guy as the third... The 23rd Lord is like, oh, I'm up to the task. No, it's Iffy she's trying to get to do her. And Iffy is actually, he's a virgin, actually. He's, like, too nervous to ever actually do anything with women. So once the disguise guy comes out, he's like, I'll do it. Laetitia is like, oh, cool. It's I thought you were dead. I guess that's fine. I'll try anything once. Yeah. Uh, some, other, some other just random notes that I had is Bruce refers to women a couple of times as torpedo shaped and i was just like really confused by that i was like what torpedo shaped i don't i don't understand this. that's that's some kind of like british insult. i don't even think it's a british insult it's, it, it rings a bell for me as referring to women as torpedoes or something see i i've never heard that and i didn't understand yeah i also wondered if it was just a british thing um some british words that i didn't understand there were more than this but uh pratt rugger semaphore that's just a physical You've, thing that i don't know i just don't know that's what it a flag is. it's a flag a semaphore it's a flag it's like flag code you've never seen flag code oh i've heard of flag code but i didn't know it was called semaphore okay yeah semaphore is a flag also a prat is just an idiot 
okay well i guess i'm an asshole yeah i'm the i'm the idiot here and i have british friends too and i i didn't listen i'm gonna be honest with words. you it's it, it's really just monty python that i know all this stuff from uh, no i mean I, i've seen my fair share of monty python but i i'm not in a while so i guess i didn't retain those uh those british slang terms so that that kind of threw me throughout it um yeah there there was like a oh what was it oh yeah there there's a mention that there was this scene that happens where one of the women is doing their nails with super glue and she like glues her eyes shut and i was like dude you don't use super glue on your nails like that's not that's not how he that doesn't works. seem to understand makeup of any kind honestly no. like whatever he mentions makeup there's like far too much of it and or like and yeah, I mean, he doesn't, I it, it doesn't seem like he understands how women work at all, period. But. No, and also, also my, I have a note that says, LOL, of course, Iron Maiden is played in the taxi because the taxi driven, oh. <laughs> driven by Eddie Actually, is, of course, blaring Iron Maiden. And I, was like, well, I, I had Christ. a specific note. Thanks for reminding me. I had a specific note about how it's referred to it. The way it's phrased is saying the car was playing Iron Maiden music. Which to mm-hmm. me, you would just say it's playing Iron yeah. Maiden. Saying it's playing Iron Maiden music is like how your dad refers to you listening to Iron Maiden. But the guy who wrote this is in Iron Maiden. Yeah, yeah. I also felt strange. Felt like that was weird. Like how many people are actually picking up this book who aren't already into Iron Maiden? Like this book only exists because it was written by Bruce Dickinson. Like there's, and and I I just mean that to say that. I highly doubt anyone else would have published this and anyone would have read this if this was just some random dude who wrote this. Um, he was apparently incredibly encouraged by Steve Harris to, to fucking publish it. So like, fuck you, Steve. That was oh, a bad yeah. idea. Oh yeah, that's right. We should read. I forgot to read the acknowledgements. Um, so at the end of the summary, there, there's uh, some acknowledgements and it's, uh, it says this book was written in various hotel rooms across Europe during 1987. It was finished in Tokyo in May of that year. To all those hotel proprietors who kindly supplied reams of hotel stationery to the peculiar long-haired man at four in the morning, thank you. To Patty, who thought it was funny and stayed for the sequel, thank you. Robert Smith thought it was okay, and that's why we are reading this. Merck, whose second name is too long to spell, did the dastardly deed. Rod and Andy looked on in bemusement, as usual. Sean Hudson's chest exploded in a geyser of blood and intestines. Steve Harris threatened torture if it wasn't published. To all of the above, and to all who suffered an ear bending in the creation of this book, a very big thank you. Yeah, so, fuck, yeah, fuck you, Steve uh, thanks Harris, I guess. Iron Maiden's bass player for, like, causing this to happen. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. There, there. I had some other notes about... Uh, the only the only other thing I wanted to mention is just a oh boy another thing that makes me um, uncomfortable and feel like th- this is not good even as a funny book is uh, one of the women it's uh, <laughs> you know Bruce Bruce was visited on the somewhere on tour uh, tour by <laughs> the ghost of fucking what's his name women be lying oh uh, yeah there's, there's arthur this, miller yeah thank you i don't know why i couldn't remember who arthur miller was but arthur miller fucking descended on on bruce and he was like hey hey i know you're almost done with this book but you know what you know what women be lying so you gotta you gotta put a passage in there about a woman lying about rape and bruce was like oh wow i, I woke up and he was like i feel like i need to write a passage about a woman lying about rape now hmm weird i had a dream about arthur miller strange uh yeah because that's in there too there's some anti like i said there there's some screeds against um a- asian people in general it's not specific uh, uh generally people of arabic descent also uh a thing like middle eastern like screeds again i don't know I, it, all of that it's made really me just, just die it's really inside. just iffy kind of like making some racial statements about things which i think is supposed to be like Oh, he's an asshole. You're not supposed to like him. I don't think Bruce necessarily holds those opinions. No, 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 no. Of but- course not. Because the whole point of this book was to make fun of these kinds of people. But again, this is the question that we, we we come back to is like, is portraying something is like representing something in a book uh, approving it. Right. Or however. I'm sorry. I always forget how that phrase goes. But and it's like, no, of, of course, you have to show why something is you know bad or evil or undesirable in a book but i i i guess i just don't like the way that it was done and i feel like it should have been more nuanced even for something even for a stupid um kind of uh how do you how do you say that um 
I don't know, even for something that's supposed to be silly and it seems comedic. by the way that Bruce is kind of self-aware of like how dumb it all is because like on the back of the book on one of the like quote pull quotes is the biggest pile of shit ever written, Stephen Dalton, enemy. So like he's not totally unaware. Yeah. Right? That th- this is pretty dumb on the whole. But then it's like, why do it then? If it's if it's not supposed to be particularly good or particularly funny or really do it, like what is the point? I just that was my my biggest issue is like it's it's just another thing to throw on top of the resume yeah, pile, I yeah. guess. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe he was like, you know what? I don't have enough things on my list of greatness. I've got to throw on an author, too. Uh, yeah, I just didn't feel like this was actually funny. And also, it could just be that, like I said, it was written at a time when uh, musicians and kind of media in general were trying to amp up the shock value. So I think this was also partially him trying to jump on that David Lynch, Marilyn Manson kind of train. Um Howard Stern, you know, all those all those people, you know, kind of like politically incorrect is, you know, that's the honest, real truth, you know, that kind of shit. Um, I I don't know. That's just how I feel about it. It doesn't. Yeah, it's it's also me like a pointless plot that doesn't really exist, which I guess once again kind of points toward my idea of like this is kind of his attempt at writing erotica. Oh, my God, this isn't erotica. I will will die on this hill. This is the hill I will die on. My, it's, yeah. But, like, why make a pointless plot that's just an excuse to put a bunch of people together to get them to fuck each other in funny ways if it's not supposed to be a little bit in that direction? Chris, this was not written for people to jerk off to. I, I, all right, someone needs to ask Bruce Dickinson then this. Why? Does have, then why? Do you have access have a to Bruce Dickinson? I need to know. Uh, I also Look, need to you know. If you have no you- answer, I'm providing an answer. <laughs> No, I think he was trying to write something that was that was funny. He was trying to write a com a comedic book. And yes, I, yes, it's supposed to be funny and also to jerk off a little bit. No, I think. no, mm-mm, mm-mm. nope, dying on this hill. Ugh, okay, I'm gonna use my semaphore Again, signals I'll, I'll, to communicate to you on the other stop, hill. Please, <laughs> you're just waving the semaphore flags of you fucking idiot. Over. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so I I feel like that kind of brings us um, to the end of our discussion of this book. So, Greg, I hope that this was the discussion you hoped for, or at least sort of hoped for. <laughs> Thanks for lending us the original copy of the book, because if we had to buy it, uh, it would have cost us a lot of money, because I guess um, I guess these are sort of valuable. I think I think it, the cheapest copy I saw was like $50 or something, which would have been wow. very expensive for the terrible book club budget. Uh, <laughs> so we appreciate, we appreciate that. Uh, so th- thank you, of course. I, I for, took good care of it. It's in, it's in good condition still. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to return it to you. Uh, but thank you for your patronage, Greg, and also Dari, Will, Veronica, D, Jared, Lynn, and Sina. Uh, all of you fund this show and make our reading of potentially terrible books possible each and every month. So thank you all very, very much for your support. Uh, next episode, we'll also be doing a patron's choice episode. We got we got back to back hits of these patron episodes. So uh, next time we'll be reading uh, Sina's choice of book. So we'll let you we'll. Uh, Actually, fuck you. Yeah, we won't let you know what that is. I don't know. Follow us on yeah. Goodreads. She Goodreads. gets to know beforehand. Yeah, so. and also like Goodreads is the way to know to get like a slight heads up on what we're reading because I typically try to keep that updated. So if you want to know ahead of time, check out Goodreads. But um, in terms of patron stuff, we're only $7 away from our next goal. So if you want to help out, just head over to patreon.com slash join slash terrible book club and you can become a patron or just throw us some dollars. Um. If you become a patron of five... 50 bucks, the number of our next goal. Oh, boy. It's the hell and five... Oh, c- help me out, Paris. Come on. What are you doing right now? Are you... Chris, <laughs> why do, do I the- always... I feel like every episode, I think you're having a stroke. When you actually have a stroke or a brain hemorrhage, you're going to die because I'm just going to think, I'm is this happening to, again? I'm trying to write a parody of Number of the Beasts, but about our patron tiers. Because I, I'm the gonna, number... I'm going to make a confession. I've always been more of a priest gal myself. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Well, I mean, they're I don't, both I don't pretty know good, Iron Maiden but as well. So. Our Iron Maiden has unequivocally written more hits, I would say. Yeah, but I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> anyway, but you—I don't know—you can at least assist me in making some. Uh, actually, I, you know what, what I'm wondering now, Paris? <laughs> what, Chris? Is Bruce Dickinson in charge of all the lyrics for Iron Maiden? Do you think he wrote some like horny ass song? Like, there's versions <laughs> of the songs, but with like porno lyrics instead. <laughs> 
it's like like penis is high yeah, instead I was just or gonna something. say like dicks filled dicks filled high or I don't know like <laughs> Oh my god, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of uh 69 the number of the dick. <laughs> <laughs> the number of the fuck. Oh no. Swallowed be thy dick cock. Oh god. I'm trying to think of other um <laughs> wasted cum. I don't, I don't uh, like, I, somewhere slut. somewhere in Which pen. is already a, power, yeah. power <laughs> slut is already a van name. Um yeah. Oh wow, power power slits. Oh wow. Now I just want to sit here and come up with sex puns for <laughs> Iron Man. Anyway, I was in the middle of the closing. Now now we've been derailed. Seventh come of a seventh son. <laughs> <laughs> or the seventh son of a seventh come. Oh, I don't know which yeah. is better. Oh god. Oh boy. I'm sorry everyone has to sit through that. Anyway. Um, if you become a patron at the $5 or more tier, um, you can get a bunch of extra content of Chris and I watching movies. Like we, we do kind of mystery science, mystery science theater style stuff. Um, we're definitely going to do a Bruce Dickinson related film for the next one that we do. So, um, if you want to get on, get on board, I recommend doing it soon. Uh, if you're, uh, if you're listening on iTunes or listening on some other platform, I beseech you to listen to us on the Radio Public app instead, because if you listen to us there instead, you help us generate passive income for the show. So every time you listen to the show on Radio Public, we get some sense. Um, we also get extra bonuses if you listen to three episodes in a row. So um, yeah, Radio Public is, I think, the only app that actually pays podcasters, and I it's my app of choice. Like, this is not an ad that they solicited me to do. I'm just asking you to help out the show and also um, giving you my opinion. I think their app is really great and I use it every day. So Radio Public, check it out. Uh, lastly, we love when people say hi and interact with us. So you can reach us to re- reach us out to you. I can't. I, reach me out to, to No, to you, you know what? Don't give me a reach around. How about let's not. Let's <laughs> no, not reach. Yeah, you know what? Let's not do any I've reaching. I've had enough dirty talk. Yeah, no. Um find us on twitter send us a message at us on twitter but preferably not to call us out on shit unless it's like an actual thing we got wrong i don't want to get into fights with anybody on twitter it's not what i'm asking for um instagram you can add us on there you can check us out and follow us on Goodreads. i'll fight you on instagram of that, that <laughs> on that platform no no, no <laughs> i don't want to fight anyone i really don't i like we're not big enough internet celebrities to be fucking added no. about shit so like pl- please don't <laughs> um you can follow us on goodreads you can check us out on facebook you can also send us emails, like if you want to just have some very private correspondence to... with us, I guess. Yeah, I just want to say some shit, like yeah. leave a voicemail or something. We'll set up a Google Voice. Actually, Amazon Book Club, uh, our our buddies in in Brooklyn, uh, Amazon Book Club did set up a, f- a call in line, which I think is hilarious. But I don't have. I already do enough shit for the show that I make no money off of, so I'm all set. But uh, you can email us, terriblebookclub yeah, do it, at gmail.com. Do it in an email. You can just be just as angry over an email as you can with a voicemail. <laughs> um, and if you haven't done so, give us a review somewhere. That's all I ask. Uh, an honest review yeah. is cool. I like honest reviews. Me too. But uh, yeah, thanks for suffering through that uh, with us, because I certainly suffered reading it. Um, I'm really excited that the next book that we're reading is nothing like this one. That's what I'm oh, excited really? about. I, I actually don't even remember what it was, so it'll be a bit of a surprise for me, too. Um, how about some, like, wh- what's good media that you've been into lately, Paris? Um, well, I'm still reading the second Malazan book. I'm almost done with it. I, I've, it's been a slow read because of terrible book club stuff and other, like, band shit going on. Um, let's see. What have I watched that's been good? Oh, ooh, fucking American Gods is back. Mm-hmm that series is great catch the whole first season i kind of fell off it after Uh, dude you gotta watch it because i I really truly feel that the show is better than the book um i read the book a long time wow really oh yeah i read the book a long time i felt the opposite after the first couple of episodes oh that's weird i also like i said i read it long ago so i may have forgotten uh you know exactly what it was like because i read it i think when i was like 14 and i'm too Me old too. to say now uh so <laughs> uh but i love the show and the second season is out so i've been watching that uh when i have time uh other good media oh, fuck i don't know uh, i'm sure i could come up with band stuff but uh, not on the spot right now nothing is really I've, I've honestly i've been i've been deep in the shit uh for mixing and mastering sessions for my band's upcoming ep and that's kind of been taking up 
my time a lot um and doing all the like merch and layout design and shit and trying to title the goddamn thing and chris, chris is also similarly yep enveloped I'm, by the basically shit basically <laughs> doing the same thing yeah weirdly at the finishing point at like almost the same time so perhaps you'll have a nice little article about our ep releases that are coming out sometime soon ish a little bit we'll see you know, we don't have exact dates or anything over here yet yeah but that yeah i've i've just put the finishing touches on the audio portion of everything now i have to do all the other bullshit that comes with releasing some music um good media for me lately um i'm playing sekiro and i'm at the final encounter on that one and it is uh, absolutely demolishing me so i i had to put it down for a little bit because it was making me mad yeah you gotta step um, away and, you gotta step away yep yep i had to put it down for a bit and then um i'm starting book four of the expanse finally which is called cibola burn uh to me i don't know what that cibola? title means but i think yeah i don't look they How have weird spelled? titles all the time c-i-b-o-l-a and funny story about Ugh. that word the word in polish for onion is cebula so to me it just looks like the <laughs> book is called burnt onion so oh, we'll, wow yeah that's, we'll see if that comes up maybe it's the name of like a constellation or a star or something well like the other books are like oh abaddon's gate or uh Caliban's War, and there's no character named Caliban or Abaddon in these books or anything. There's a oh. gate in the book about Abaddon's Gate, and there's a war in the book about Caliban's War, but I don't know who these possessors of these things are. Oh, it's, I see it's what like you're a weird, Yeah. yeah. So it's just like a weird part of the title. Well, that's like that's like the Malazan books. Uh, uh, no, they do eventually tell you what Gardens of the Moon is and what Deadhouse Gates are, but I am finding myself having to like constantly review my mental notes every time i pick up the book i'm like all right what the fuck's happening right now like it's that's just there's every a lot fucking going book. <laughs> that's every well, that's like, book it's like every every time every time i'm like all right i gotta gotta you know i read another hundred pages i like angrily text chris about something i'm like what the fuck are the why are the divers and the sh- whatever the fuck the other uh, things the diverse D- actually diverse and divers i see it fucking Fantasy authors, get out of here with your apostrophe-ass names. I'm so done with this fucking shit. Anyway. <laughs> and also half the time you'll say some shit and I'll be like, wait, what is, what? When did that happen? <laughs> yeah, I'll remind you about things because Chris has read th- these books ahead of me and Chris is like, I don't remember that at all. And I'm like, this is an integral part of the plot. And you're like, I got nothing. <laughs> the book you're reading right now, I just remember like the gnome historian dude or whatever. Like, gnome? Just kinda, like gnome? He's, he's like short or some shit, isn't, isn't he? He's like, no. <laughs> has this character been a gnome the whole time? And I'm I pretty just... sure he's like really extra short, so I just <laughs> I I thought of him as a gnome. Wait a second. Like I think the Wait a like, second. Bar- I got an internet <laughs> historian. Okay, like the Bargaths are orcs, the Talanimas are undead, right? They're yeah, just they're like undead. skeletons. Wait, Duker. Jag- Duker is a yeah. human male. Alright. All right, he's short though. I'm pretty no, sure he's really short. Uh, let me, hang on. Uh, trying to not read spoilers and find out the height of this character from this book. Okay, d- yeah, don't bother. It's so dumb. How tall is Duker, the historian? <laughs> also, it's Duicker, Paris. Is it is it Duicker, Duker, Duicker? Is it like I don't know how to pronounce this shit. I'm, this is going in. I am typing. How tall is Duker, the imperial historian? <laughs> fucking Steven Erickson. God damn it. Uh, oh, fuck. What is his height? You're going to just. That, that's oh not my how God, we Chris, Chris gonna... I think you invented his shortness. This, okay, is like, fine. this is like a campaign against Duker, the imperial historian, much like <laughs> the campaign against Napoleon Bonaparte, where people spread rumors about how he's short, but he was actually tall for the time. Bullshit. <laughs> Fucking propaganda. Propaganda from uh, whatever the anti malazan contingent is, the whirlwind. Propaganda from the whirlwind. Uh, okay, Actually, this is- I, I always dug the whirlwind people the most in those books. That's yeah, like my they, favorite they seem They seem like the Dothraki. They seem pretty cool. Um, but they do a whole lot of murder and raping, though, which I can't. Yeah, I mean, but so does about. every side in that book, yeah, pretty that's, much. That's also, fair. my fa- wait until you get to book four, where you meet Karsa. He's one of my favorite characters. Oh, fuck is oh god, I don't even want to. Anyway, uh, I do recommend <laughs> you read the Malazan books. 
<laughs> this might just rant too. Also, read the expanse. It's it's rad. Even uh, I guess this one's about a burn onion. We'll see. Yeah, I hope not. Uh, anyway, we just ranted for like 15 minutes about shit that wasn't related to this episode. So sorry, everyone. Thanks for sticking with us, and uh, we'll uh, we'll see you next time. Bye, Paris. Goodbye.